Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. Welcome to our very special mailbag section on episode forty-four. For any new listeners, welcome to the podcast. I surely appreciate you all joining us on this road to pursue success in personal, financial, and career. This special episode is dedicated for all the listeners who have sent in their questions about our contents of previous episodes or whatever is on their mind that I can assist with. Remember, if you have a questions. Please feel free to email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail dot com, or simply DM me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Now, before we start, in the recent weeks, California has been hit hard with some of the worst fires in American history, which is especially hard as we are still in the pandemic. Many listeners know that I am from California, and it is still very dear to my heart. So, if you can. Please provide support to those brave firefighters who have been working nonstop day after day, and those who have lost their homes, families, and livelihood by visiting California Fire Foundation. The link is listed in the show description. Your support may not mean the world to you, but it surely means the world to them who have suffered greatly and looking to rebuild. And if you cannot donate, please simply by sharing the information with your social circle. As it will really help. Now, as our country is going into the annual flu season, we are still battling the pandemic of coronavirus. To win this battle, we need to protect our heroes in the front line. By visiting Thrive Global First Responders first, you will be able to help them with PPE, care packages, and resources that many of them desperately need. So, for any listener. If you know any nonprofit that supports the community and making a difference that you would like to give a shout out to, please email or DM me. I'll be more than happy to highlight them. Now, with all that being said, I would like to kick off our special mailbag episode with some of the positive and inspiring news. Today, our news is brought to you by CNN, the good stuff, written by Ella Alazar. The headline is: Two Florida teachers. 
turn their students' desks into little jeeps to make social distancing less scary. Teachers across United States are preparing to welcome students back to the classroom, but as coronavirus cases rise. Many worry that young children's excitement will quickly turn into fear. That's why two first-grade teachers in Dallin, Florida, decided to transform their students' desks into little jeeps. Patricia Dovey and Kim Martin of St. Barnabas Episcopal School spent a week redesigning the desks, which feature construction paper tires, headlights, and license plates. The desks have. Three-sided plastic dividers that serve as windshields and side window, as well as sneeze guards. The desks, which are spaced far apart, are the only place where students are permitted to remove their face mask. Martin said their goal was to create a space for students to feel comfortable while following health and safety guidelines. Our school gave us plexiglass. Trifolds, which we felt would overwhelm our little ones, so we took the design and turned it into little jeeps. Martin told CNN, "We had little meet the teacher session, and we gave them keys to their car and told them just like in the motor vehicle, you have to stay in your car at all times and wear a mask when you get out in case you come across hazardous conditions." So we are playing on this vehicle's concept to turn social distancing fun. And more kids-friendly. The idea was inspired by a kindergarten teacher in Texas who posted a photo on Instagram showing her classroom desk transformed into jeeps. Many students said they could hardly wait to take their desk for a test drive. The teacher said, "Dovey and Martin's collaborations come naturally. Not only are their classrooms connected by an adjacent door, but they often share lesson plans and supplies." School is blessed to have such collaborative teachers and forward-thinking teachers. Paul Garcia, head of the school, told CNN, "I was truly pleased to hear when the idea to decorate the first graders' desk as jeeps was presented to me. This is one example of many examples in which this team of teachers and all of our team search and have find ways to make our students' learning environment fun and engaging, especially during this difficult time." The student pay for the desk shields, but will reimburse the teachers for the two hundred dollars spent on other materials to transform the desk into vehicles. Although the pandemic has made teaching and learning different, no more groups project, floor circles, or close play. The teacher said they are ready for whatever comes. All of us have some sort of anxiety about going back to school. It's going to look 100% different than it's looked in my 20 years of teaching, Martin said. But our goal is making our kids happy. The playfulness will help them cope. The Simbanabas Episcopal School will be reopened back on Wednesday. Here at Life Plus Up, we really want to thank you, Patricia and Kim, for such brilliant and creative way of implementing social distancing with fun and also safety. Your dedication for your students have been an inspiration to many. I'm sure your students will have a kick out of those new jeeps. Now, let's get to our second story, which is brought to you by Good News Network, written by Alicia Ross. The headline is: Tennessee teen raises thousands of dollars for food banks by making and selling his own vanilla. 
Vanilla is the salt of the dessert world. It enhances the flavors of all the other ingredients that go into a dish. No wonder it's such a staple in every baker's cupboard. A 14-year-old baker in Tennessee remembers adding vanilla to brownies just after watching a COVID-19 news segment about long lines for food banks across the states. It wasn't right, he thought. People shouldn't be hungry. William Cabanis was making his chocolate mix when he suddenly had a big idea. He could raise funds for his local food bank, Second Harvest Food Bank of East Tennessee, by making and selling every baker's best friend, vanilla extract. Since then, William has made over $9,000 in profits, providing over 27,000 meals for those who are in need. He says, if I can only help one person, I'll be satisfied that I have made a difference. However, I would like to do this for as many people as I can. No one should have to worry about hunger. This is my goal for Vanilla Feeds tomorrow. Setting up your own legal 501c3 nonprofit isn't easily done. It takes a village. In fact, it takes a special family like cabinets. Since May, William has been creating his own website, designing his own labels, and researching how to make and ship vanilla. He also been running the Vanilla Feeds Tomorrow Instagram and Twitter accounts. His grandmother helps with keeping up with the Facebook page. His dad helps with legal and finance matter. His mother drives him around to make deliveries. And even his younger brother and sister help by making boxes. Proud mom, Janella Cabanis, told GNN, William is working so hard trying to help fight hunger in his community. In between spending time with friends, running across country and track, and the occasion video game, William is preparing to continue making and selling vanilla from premium Madagascar beans when he heads back to Farad High School in a couple of weeks. Buying an 8-ounce bottle of homemade pure vanilla extra from William and his family means providing 42 meals for people who are hungry. So if you are interested, the website is listed in our show description. And if you'd like to buy some and make a meal donation, happy baking. So here at Light Plus Up, William, we really want to thank you for your kind gesture, great heart, and also the genius plan of making vanilla extra and ship them out to all the bakers out there. And because of your kind gesture, thousands of family have meals that they can enjoy at night without worrying about being hungry. So here, we thank you for being an inspiration to all. And now for all the listeners, let's take a short break and get into our special mailbag section. Hi, this is Kevin from Life Plus Up. Do you want to have more resources or episodes? If you do, don't forget to visit our Patreon page listed in the show description. As being a patron to our Patreon, you'll be getting special episodes, workshops, or even one-on-one Zoom meetings for your life coaching plans. Be sure to sign up for our publication, The Life Business Insiders, where you can find tons of resources to help you from some of the most brilliant minds in the industry to help you to succeed in personal, financial, and career. So don't forget to subscribe to The Life Business Insider, a free online publication for all the listeners of the Life Plus Up podcast. Welcome back. 
So for all the listeners who have been following us since the beginning, used to know that we have included a mailbag section that we answer two or three questions per episode. But recently, we start seeing an increased amount of questions that I have to start pick and choose. And it's not fair for people who have been submitted their questions not being answered. So I decide to change the format a little bit by dedicate an episode just to answer all the questions that's been sent to me recently. So I hope for all the listeners out there, if you have any more questions, please feel free to email me directly. So let's start with the first one. Today, our first question is from one of our listeners here in New York. Hey, Kevin, love your podcast. Recently, I have been accepted into a licensing program from my employer. So I want to ask you, what are your tips for someone that had to study outside their work hours and how hard is the test for the Series 6 and 66? Thank you for asking the questions. It sure has been some time since I took those licensing tests. But as I recall, the key to really master your study plan and pass the test is time management. If you refer to my previous episode about time management, there is a time audit sheet that I introduced to all the listeners. I know that working nine hours, eight hours a day, going home, doing your chores, it can be quite headache to add another hour to two hours into your study. But if you use your time management correctly, you will be able to find that extra time. And I would say the best tip is to really follow through the program. Depending on who your educational center is, it can be STC or Kaplan. I am sure that your employer will provide you a textbook along with a very good training materials. The key will be taking one step at a time. Do not haste. Do not brush off important information, making sure that you make notes along the way. These information are not simply just helping you to pass the test. It also solidify your knowledge. So when you actually do the job in the future, after you get those licenses, you'll be able to become more confident in your presentation to your clients. But most importantly, I would say one to two hours a day, you should be able to nail the test easily. And one last trick for that is always imagine yourself passing every day. I always say imaginations create momentum. So imagine yourself passing, look at the mirror, tell yourself that you got it, and just keep imagining the scene of you passing the test and the joy that you will have. And that can give you enough motivation to do that one to two hour of study on a daily basis. So here at Light Plus Up, I wish you the very best luck on passing your Series 6 and 66 exam. Now let's look at our second question. Our second question is brought to you by one of our listeners here in New York as well, too. Kevin, I have been studying public speaking and even enrolled in local chapters of Toastmasters that you have talked about before. But ever since the pandemic starts, I found it hard to utilize the skill I have learned in public speaking because we're always on Zoom meeting. And I don't think I will be able to grab on the attention like I used to. What are some tips you can give to people about speaking effectively through virtual meetings? All right, thank you for asking. This is actually a fantastic question. For all the polished public speakers, we know that the audience attention and the energy is one of our biggest motivations on continue our speech with passion and enthusiasm. 
when you're talking to a computer screen full of little tiles of people, sometimes it's hard to draw the same energy. But I can say one of the biggest tips I can give to anyone who wants to speak effectively on virtual meetings is your eye contact. A lot of people make the mistake on looking at the screen and the tiles, but not the camera. So it creates a distance between the speaker and the audience. If you are not looking at the audience, they are not going to look at you. And they will be doing something else on the side. And that's the hardest part for a speaker is how do you look at the camera screen but not the audience tile to have that effective speech. So there's two things you can do. One, put your camera and your monitor a little farther. If you are like me using a laptop that your camera is built on the top frame of your laptop simply by moving the laptop farther, then you'll look at a general direction, your audience will actually feel like you're looking at them because you're looking at the lens. Another way that you can do is really practice on looking into the front, looking at a particular point while you speak. Try to ignore the tiles, the people, their movement, and be effective in your speech. But sometimes it's just very hard that you might be missing some points and you really want to go ahead and gauge the audience reactions. So you just have to balance on when will you be looking at the tiles and when you'll be looking to the camera lens. So if you want to be an effective speaker, still do the same thing. Pre-planning your speech, really engage with your audience through your eye contact, but most importantly, try to do these little things to give your audience impression that you are looking at them straightly. And if you have any more questions, feel free to go ahead and DM me directly. But I'm assured that if you are in the Toastmaster chapter, you will start seeing a lot of improvements and tips from all your fellow Toastmasters there. Now our next questions are actually brought to one of our listeners from California. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for the podcast. I try to catch it every week. However, it's hard to ignore that you are a Laker fans. As a fellow Clipper fans, I feel that we have the win this year. What do you think? Oh, well, so if we're talking about sports, now let me change up the tune a little bit. First of all, Lakers is definitely on pace to go into round two with confidence. Unlike the LA Clippers, who have a hard time trying to go ahead and advance to the round two. For anyone who have been following basketball playoff, we can see that LA Clipper is just not exerting the same type of energy as what Lakers are doing right now. I'm not the one that is actually making those comments. Just look at the scores, right? Lakers are already 3-1 lead and we might most likely close out the series tonight while Clipper is minimum looking at six game or even a seven game series. So for any LA fans out there, choose the right side. LA Clipper is not going to go ahead and get into an NBA final, neither alone even Western Conference final, as long as we Lakers are still here. And for anyone out there, I definitely all out for LA Lakers, especially in the name of Kobe Bryant, that we hope that this is the year that we're going to bring the champion back to a team that truly deserves. Now, Let's go ahead and switch out to our next listener. Our next listener is actually from Connecticut. Hey, Kevin, how do you feel about the Apple splitting stock? And what do you think the best investment strategy is? So this is a very interesting question that I cannot answer. Due to what my current employment regulations, I am not able to give investment advices in public 
channels like this. So I will say that there's a lot of articles to read about it. There's a lot of people that you can definitely try to refer to. Few the best hosts on CNBC or even the best financiers out there have get their thoughts out there. So I would say that try to go ahead and see what your own strategy is and what your own risk tolerance is. There's always a saying: by the time you hear about it, most likely it's too late. So do you really want to go ahead and chase what others have already been saying for quite some time? That's up to you to decide. But like I said before, I'm not here to give any investment advices specific to a particular product or company. Now, our next questions is from one of our listeners. Wow, here in Brooklyn. Hi, Kevin. My employer have been promising me for promotions for over a decade. Every single manager that promised me eventually left for their own promotions. What do you think I should do if I want to be successful in my career? So this is a really good question. One thing I will say is your career is in your own control. Really treat yourself as a stock. What other people say about your stock cannot really determine the performance of your company. You have to start building your own value and don't let other people sway or take you off what your goal is. If you are a stock that is valuable, there will be investors out there or companies that will love to invest in you. One thing I've always preached to all the listeners is. Loyalty no longer means anything in this corporate world. If you are loyal to a company, and you hope one day somebody will tap on your shoulder to give you that promotion, it's pretty much not going to happen. The promotion normally will go to the people who constantly flashes and also remind everyone around them that they are looking for better opportunities. Because think about it. Why would your boss give you an opportunity, knowing for a fact that there is another associate who are looking for opportunities elsewhere and perform almost the same level as you? If I only have one promotion, I know you will stay regardless if I give you the promotion or not. Why will I waste that opportunity? I'll just give it to the other guy who's a fly risk and hoping that this new promotion can tie him up for a little longer time, and later on. Continue to advance in the career. So, for your advice right here, first of all, know what you want to do and what you can do. Really rebuild your resume. If you have been in the company for 12 years, think about the things that you have not done. Think about the resources that you could use. Did you use the mentorship program from your company? Did you explore any opportunities to do a lateral transfer into other department? Do you even know anybody from the job that you are looking to do? So for career advancement, it's all about trying to do that job that you're looking to do before you got it. So at the end, all your manager have to do is to switch your title, and never ever let another person give you an empty promises and really bank on that. If they promise you something in exchange for your performance and you deliver, they have not honored that promise. Remember, performance are still for you to keep. Take that track record. And go show off to other companies who are appreciated. And I assure you that once you change your mentality like this, working for yourself is so much more fun comparing to working for somebody else. Now let's go to our next question. Our next questions is from one of our listeners in Queens. Kevin, 
I have been looking for a job for some time, but I always feel like there are so many people looking for the same job, and that's why I'm not getting any reply from the HR. What are your thoughts about the current job market? I can say that's a very good question. First of all, second of all is there are still jobs out there, but with the COVID, it really changed the job market quite a bit. Back in the old time, the HR tried to find candidates that is locate locally to where the company is, but with everybody working from home, the companies realize they can explore potentials and talents from places much farther. I have a really good friend. He actually have somebody in the state that is much farther than where his company located working for him now. And the production is much better because that person is more capable. So unlike before that he has to take driving distance or transportations into consideration, now he can look for candidates that's highly qualified and have a low starting salary elsewhere because we know New York here is super expensive. So they can literally found employee that locates in other states that expecting a lower base salary to do a much better job. So I would say that you're competing with people like that, but why don't you change your thoughts that maybe you can also explore companies that's willing to hire employee that's much farther or even work from home in other states. Just because your neighborhood doesn't have it doesn't mean the other states are not looking for talents just like you. And of course, that if you're looking for more tips on how to get the recruiters or the interviewer back at you, please refer back to my previous episode about mastering the interview tips and also the project surviving layoff, which they can give you some great pointers. Now let's look at our last questions. Actually, this question is from one of our listeners all the way here in United Kingdom. Wow. Hi, Kevin. I catch your podcast on the referral from a friend. And I feel that a lot of information that you share is not simply just for US, but it's quite universal. So I want to ask you, I have a boss who consistently putting sales pressures on everyone, including me. Every single day I hear is, did you do this? Did you do this? How many do you still have left? How do you handle bosses like that? All right, to my friends in UK, I only have few friends who are in United Kingdom, so I can pretty sure who will be referring my podcast to you, but thank him for referring, and I'm glad that you're tuning in. Of course, there are some problems in the workplace that regardless where you are in the world, is universal. A lot of time, all of us may feel pressure from our bosses to deliver a performance, and sometimes they cannot filter their own goals, so their boss's goal just filter right into you. So how you have to do is to go ahead and look past that. Have a sit-down conversation with your boss. Do you know what your boss's goal is? Do you know what are some ways that you can help him to hit his goal? For example, if he needs to sell 10 products and he has five sales and you know that you're the best one, he asks you to sell five, well, he asks the other four to sell five. Is that fair? Or you can go ahead and sit down with him and see who are the talents in your team and how do you train others around you that instead of you sell five and they all sell one, why don't you all sell three? Now, you can see that not simply hitting his goal, you're also exceeding it by actually implementing real changes. 
So please refer back to my previous episode about leadership at work, on how to communicate with your boss, manage them. It's about 360 management. You gotta manage your boss. You have to go ahead and influence your peers, and you have to go ahead and mentor down, making sure that you have someone that will be helping you that you can delegate to. So in that case, you will be able to build your leadership and also your portfolio of success. All right. So for any other listeners, if you have any more questions, I strongly encourage you to send over here to podcastlifeplusup at gmail dot com. And of course, if we have enough listeners tuning in, I will even have a live session set up with all you guys, so you can ask me questions firsthand. And without all that being said, I wish you all the very best, and we see you next week on Light Plus Up podcast. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, Please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail dot com, or find me on Instagram, or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform, and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts, and fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.